0: World and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series called God's Got a Better Way or simply put GGBW. GGBW, God's Got a Better Way and he really does. Exodus 24:12 is our text for this series. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. And we were talking yesterday how the important thing to understand is that God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses for one simple reason, to teach them. To teach them to who? Teach them to God's people. And we were talking about how the law is holy and just and good, but we have a problem because Romans 3.23 says that we have sinned and come short. We're guilty. Our sentence is death. So what do we do? How can we save ourselves? Not only that, but if there's a way for us to be saved, how can we go on without continuing the mistakes? And Paul answers this question in Romans chapter 7, verses 24 through 25. He says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And then he says in Romans 8, 1 through 2, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And that's an entire teaching in itself, but in trying to summarize it, we see the grace of God has two powerful purposes in our life. One, we are saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, and that's found in Ephesians two eight. and two, his grace is sufficient for us, for his strength is made perfect in our weakness, which is what 2 Corinthians 12.9 says. So, simply speaking, this means that all our sin has been paid for by his grace, and we now have the ability and power to walk free from sin through the power of his grace. This is why 1 Corinthians 10.13 says there is no temptation that we're not able to resist. We may not feel that way at times, but all the power or all the grace is available to us if we believe and receive. We don't walk by our senses. We walk by faith in his word. That's 2 Corinthians 5.7. And this is why my favorite saying is we are saved by grace through faith that works by love. I'll say that again. We are saved by grace, through faith, that works, by love. Yes, grace is where it all begins, and love is how grace manifests. So how do we approach the Ten Commandments today? Well, by grace, through faith, that works, by love. This is why Jesus was able to sum up all the law and the prophets into two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself which is Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 through 40. You see, God's got a better way. Can we approach the Ten Commandments in faith? Can we see them as holy, just, and good? Do we understand that, yes, they brought us death, but that's good? Now that we have life, should we put them away? No, like Moses, we should teach them. They are the best moral laws that have ever been written. There are laws of justice and laws of morality. Well, which one's most important? Well, they both are very important. However, moral laws are the foundation for the laws of justice. Without moral laws, we'll be unable to determine what is fair, just, legal, and righteous. And God wrote the moral laws in stone. He said to teach them. So that's what I'm doing. Let's think about our community problems. What are they? Let me name some. How about teen pregnancies? STDs, abortion, pornography, divorce, single mothers, fatherless children, deadbeat dads, perversion, rape, racism, injustice, violence, hatred, prejudice, stealing, lying, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, greed, illegal drugs, alcohol, murder, crime. That's just to name a few. As you can see, our communities need help. Well, GGBW, God's got a better way for you, for your family, and for your children. This is a quote from Brad Bright. He says, if there is no God, then there is nothing in the universe that obligates me to love my neighbor as myself. And a man named Fyodor Dostoevsky says this, if there is no God, then everything is permitted. You see, the real issue is not sin, but God. God is the issue. And Jesus summed it up this way. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And then the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's a quote from Jesus Christ himself. Again, Exodus twenty-four twelve. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. Some people struggle with law versus grace. But let me say this. I have no issue with knowing who I am in Christ and also understanding the Ten Commandments as a great document of wisdom for life. So as we endeavor to look at these commandments, I want to approach them very carefully from a point of grace. Somewhat like our mother instructed us not to touch the hot stove. While we know our sins have been blotted out by the blood, we still need to understand there are certain boundaries that will keep us from getting burned. Things like don't play in the street, don't run on the tracks, don't do drugs, put your seatbelt on, and wear your helmet while riding your bike. One piece of wisdom I feel is intelligent for driving a car is what I call the three letters K-Y-D. It stands for keep your distance. Why? Because following this single truth could save thousands of lives. As we study what I call the ten boundaries, we must understand that our righteousness is a free gift from God through Christ alone. And our purpose in this study is that we might know what sin is, what we have been forgiven of, and what to avoid for success in life. In other words, how not to get burned. As a pastor, I advise everyone to learn them, take them to heart, and know that grace and love will enable you to walk in the spirit and avoid the pitfalls. If any of us make a mistake, the blood still covers. Get back up, repent, thank God for his grace, and continue to walk forward in the spirit. Like Jesus told the woman caught in adultery, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. That's John 8, verse 11. And as Paul instructed the Corinthians, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, certainly not. And that's Romans chapter six, verse one. In order to do that, we need to know what sin is. The 10 commandments can be divided into two categories. Those having to do with our relationship with God and those having to do with our relationship with our neighbor. Or we could say with man. Four of them are toward God and six are toward our neighbor. And they are found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. The first commandment is, do not worship any other gods besides me. Well, what is a God? A God would be a creator, a maker, a savior. John fourteen six says, Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Acts 4:12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So God, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, And the Holy Spirit, he is the only true God. There is no other. Therefore, he is the only one we should worship. So the first commandment, do not worship any other gods besides me. That's simple. I get it. He is the creator. Why worship another? The second commandment is do not make, worship, or bow down to idols of any kind. What are idols? Idols are man-created objects that people worship as if they are gods. Examples would be gold, silver, stone, wood, and representations of trees, stars, or animals. Also, things that represent power, like money and even the human body. Nothing created by man can replace the creator. No man-created idols should receive our worship. Riches, People, animals, and things created by God are not our provider, nor are they our deliverer. We should not worship things created. Rather, we should worship the Creator. Psalm 135, verses 15 through 18 says this, The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them are like them, and so is everyone who trusts in them. And then Romans chapter 1, verse 25 in the Living Bible, it says, Instead of believing what they knew was the truth about God, they deliberately chose to believe lies. So they prayed to the things God made, but wouldn't obey the blessed God who made these things. I put it this way don't worship the tree that God made, worship the God who made the tree. Well, commandment number two do not make, worship, or bow down to idols of any kind. That's not difficult to understand either. I get it. Commandment number three do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. In my late 20s, I was a waiter in a restaurant. One day, a fellow waiter broke a glass into the ice cooler. They immediately said, G.D. I'm certain you know what they actually said. Then they turned to me and apologized, thinking I would have been offended. I answered back, well, I would be if you used my name. However, I would suggest you apologize to him. Well, it didn't seem to go over very well, but I believe I got my point across. Another name commonly used to express many frustrations or anger is Jesus Christ. It seems like both of their names have become household words for hatred, anger, frustration, and in truth are used as curses. God is not a dammer, and Matthew 18:14 says it is not his will that anyone perish. Christ has redeemed us from the curse that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. In Galatians 3:13 through 14, we should not misrepresent his character by using his name inappropriately. Why? Well, it's a lie. Just think. Would you like it if someone used your name in a lie? And once again, our time is up. See you tomorrow, same time, same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Masters House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the Media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site.